Hey, what up, Long Beach? Happy New Year, and hold on loosely. We've got an unpredictable 2022 headed our way, and that's why we're talking a little bit about that today on this podcast. It's part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. As always, this show is brought to you by the 562.org, which is myself, JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio, and uh, our partnership with the Long Beach Post extends well beyond sports. You can check out lbpost.com for our news stories about the world of education in Long Beach in the Omicron era. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. Everything that we do at the 562 is brought to you by Naples Rib Company. You know, guys, I was covering a soccer game earlier this week. I went up to talk to the head referee to uh, get a photo of the rosters. And he's like, hey, you with the uh, the 562? And I was like, absolutely. And he said, Naples Rib Company. (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) you know it. It's, It's ingrained. It's synonymous. You know, 562 goes with Naples Rib. Um, and it, and it goes into a very happy belly when you eat it. So head on down to second street, enjoy some delicious barbecue and let them know that the five, six, two sent you down there. But we also got to thank all of our sponsors, ocean law center, um, as well sponsor of everything that we do at the five, six, two. And also this year, I don't know if you've noticed as our loyal listeners and readers, but we've added sports sponsorships, um, in order to help support the work that we do as a nonprofit news outlet. So we want to shout out Bryson Financial and Aqualand, sponsor of our cross-country and water polo coverage, respectively. Uh, Thank you to them for their support. And if you're interested in either you, yourself, or your business sponsoring the coverage that we do at the 562, either on a school basis or a specific sport basis, uh, please be sure to reach out. Or if you'd just like to become a Patreon subscriber or make a donation on PayPal, those are always appreciated as well. And of course, any donation made to the 562 is tax deductible since we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Not breaking any news here. We as a group are uh, down with the sickness once again, just like last year, schedule changes, cancellations, shifts in local sports, obviously a much bigger deal worldwide. But in our little corner here, we do take it seriously, and it is just a massive bummer that a year after we were like, all right, 2021, here we go. This is the year we all get back on track, and things felt like they did in the fall when we were getting back to a regular fall schedule, but the winter has been interrupted. We do have some games, like Tyler mentioned. He was covering soccer a couple of days ago. Long Beach State men's basketball back on the court this week after being off for almost a month. But then we've also got other games. Local wrestling has been shut down. There are some other soccer games that are being canceled. So COVID-19, the resurgence, the variant, whatever you want to call it, people are sick. And once again, it's stopping local sports. Good news is, it's not like it was last year where, for example, when Long Beach State men's basketball had one positive test for somebody on the coaching staff, they had to shut down the entire program for more than a week. Now, if you do have a positive test, like Long Beach State men's volleyball, which we will talk about in just a minute when we're looking forward to, hopefully, some good stuff in 2022, uh, they can shut down that group. The person who tested positive their circle, their roommates, for example, the other uh, players on the team can work out and practice individually and in small groups. So it is a little bit different, but if we're being honest, for us, it feels like more of the same, right, guys? I, You know, I'll be honest with you, Jage. It, it feels the same from, like, an editorial perspective of all of us texting coaches every day. Like, if, if there's something we're covering on Friday, you text those coaches Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, right? And then twice on Friday. Um, so from that perspective, it feels the same. But the way that I've been looking at it, to be totally honest with you, is 
it's become almost like a joke for whatever reason now to say that you you trust the science on something, I think, because people have been so frustrated by the way the thinking on this has evolved. But, um, you know, in March of 2020, I trusted the scientists that were saying this is going to be a really rough ride. Um, I trusted the scientists and they said we have a vaccine that's going to help make things better. Um, it has made things a lot better. As you mentioned, that's the that's the reason why one positive test is not shutting down programs for two weeks. And um, I'm trusting the public health experts and scientists that are saying um, we are hopefully in for a bumpy two or three weeks here, not a bumpy year or a bumpy three month period. Um, the surge of cases is a very steep line up, but everywhere else that Omicron has already been, it's also a very steep line down. Um, and I was just listening to an interview with Bob Wachter, who's the epidemiologist at UCSF, um, who's been a really even headed guy that I've listened to quite a bit throughout the pandemic. And his feeling was, you know, first week of February, there's a very good chance that America is looking around at an environment where the Omicron variant has kind of burned itself out and more or less the whole country has immunity to it. So um, I'm hopeful and, and genuinely really optimistic in the way that I'm planning for not just our work, but for my family, that this is going to be a much shorter, um, you know, less scary stay in, in this uh, chaotic world that we're, we're back into, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that, Mike. I think it's similar but different because I think in 2020 we were bummed and hopeless. And I think this time around we're bummed and hopeful. So I think that's obviously a huge difference and, and we still have to wait and see how things bear themselves out. But we, we have so much more to combat this thing now. I mean, infinitely more now than we did um, back two years ago. So um, it's let's not be too doom and gloom. Let's just be as, as even headed as possible about it and say, hey, it sucks that we're having to cancel games. You know, it's, it's a bummer. It's going to disrupt schedules. Things are going to be imperfect. But based on what the experts are telling us there there's optimism that things will return to more normalcy um in the in the weeks and months ahead where we did not have any degree of certainty that that would happen uh, and in fact it did not at all happen uh early in 2020 yeah this time last year we weren't playing any high school sports right i mean you know we we have made a lot of progress so well and you know i mean you can go back to my high school gpa and say that i should be listening to the scientists on the science you know what i mean <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you know what i'm saying like this is not uh, this is not an area that i excel at i can read you know a reading comprehension i was always up there but uh, as far as doing my own research and all that kind of stuff it's not for me that's why i talk sports baby a lot of that coverage of what's going on with the local schools um, and their reaction to all of this is available at the Long Beach Post, like Mike mentioned, a lot of education stories and the such can lace your boots on what's going on with the local district and everything else. So this episode, we kind of wanted to ignore that a little bit. Let's just pretend everything's going to be fine and see the things that we're Every really looking thing. forward to. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Yeah, we are the three little birdies on your doorstep. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying, to, trying to break it down on, uh, on, on what we're looking forward to in 2022. I think we should start with, we all picked three, and I think we should start with the thing we all had on our list, which is football. Not shocked. Um, Long Beach football had a great season, so it's got us extra excited to see what will happen. Four teams making championship games in the CIF Southern section. And I think at the top of the list, Mike, your first thing you were looking forward to is Long Beach Poly football maybe stepping back into the uh, bright spotlight of the upper echelon here in Southern California and maybe the nation. 
Yeah, I think that it's going to be a really big year um, for the Jackrabbits for sure. And we've mentioned it on this show, but, you know, by far and away, the the team that we cover with the largest following, by, by far and away, the largest following of any Long Beach sports team, um, which, you know, if you've ever if, if you, you've ever looked at our analytics, you know, but also I think if you've ever kind of traveled around the country, um, I think they've got 18 starters back from a Division four championship team. Um, they've got a, a, a winnable schedule. Um, we're obviously going to see what happens with, you know, transfers with guys coming up from uh, lower levels, but, you know, under Steven Barbie, this has been a team that has consistently gotten back to where they were, um, you know, 10, 15 years ago of they are play, really playing a full frost soft and JV program, which means the guys that are coming up to varsity, which happened this year are juniors that you've maybe never heard of, but who are good. <laughs> <laughs> who are varsity ready and who've really been training and, and playing. And so that team, you know, they played, we've talked about it a few times, almost 30 football games last year. Um, they actually get a full off season this year. All the skill guys are in track. We've seen them out there. Um, everyone's in the weight room consistently. They didn't get a chance to do that last year because they were playing football during the off season as was everybody else. So I'm very excited to see with 18 starters coming back um, and that full off season, uh, what the ceiling ends up being for that team. And I, I think that will be a, a big storyline for 2021 is 2022. Pardon me <laughs> as we're uh, stuck in the time vortex here. You're still, you're still in the first week of the year. So we're going to let that one slide. Mike, you're, you're good, big dog. Uh, one thing that I think when we think of this poly team, we call them division four champions, which they rightly earned, but it's also funny to also kind of think of them as division three runner ups. Uh, right. You know what I mean? It's like division four champ slash division three runner up Long Beach Poly. Um, kind of a funny thing looking back at the season, but, uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, a ton of starters coming back and a ton of really good players that were contributing a lot. You know what I mean? It's like some of the key guys um, and, and many on the offensive line, which is always a key um, in football, like at, at any level, let's be honest. Uh, but that's, that's really the key, right? It's to order to get to that upper echelon. You've got to have, uh, the size up front and be able to control the line of scrimmage if you're ever going to knock off a Trinity League team, which uh, looks like only the Trinity League can do. <laughs> so, Tyler, you've got an, uh, an easy transition there to your football one because the reason why Polly was in not Division One was the new playoff breakdown, and you're excited to see what happens with that this year. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it so much, right, throughout the course of the season towards the end. You know, we were talking about here's what might happen, the projections based on these, um, you know, Cal Preps rankings. So let's see what the CIF does you know that they'll do their own um kind of number crunching and figure out you know we preliminarily talked uh casually with um southern section commissioner rob wygott about some of the data that they were getting early in the playoff bracket that showed that overall the games were more competitive um but they did get a lot of criticism for some of the placement of certain teams so will there be an adjustment to the formula you know how, how will that impact the more league obviously it worked out for us uh, locally having four Long Beach teams make it to a CIF championship game. Um, will there be adjustments? What will those look like and how will those play out? I don't know what's coming. That's what makes it fun to look forward. Right. But JJ, speaking of four champions, I know you're excited to see how that carries over um, into next season after having three teams get so close and not quite get it. Will they be able to get over the hump and have the program kind of, rise up because of that deep playoff run that those three other teams made. 
Yeah, it was it was before some of us were born that Compton, Jordan, and St. Anthony had this kind of momentum going into another season because of their success on and off the field. So obviously one of the bigger issues for local football, California football, and just high school football in general in the nation has been depth. Numbers have been dropping after CTE and everything like that. So does a championship season equal more kids coming out for football the following year there's only one way to find out and we're about to find out in 2022 but depth has been a huge issue in the more league so does the more league get better with more players because jordan and compton go to a championship i I would love to see it i think we all would i think when compton and jordan are better in a sport like football the entire more league just gets better we talk about it with milliken all the time well look at milliken right now really good in football. So the more league is getting a little bit better. Will more kids come out to play football for the saints and the Jaguars or yeah. And the Jaguars and Cabrillo and like teams like that, like do more kids come out? I don't know. We'll see. I really hope so. And I do think I'm, it will be a one-to-one more kids at practice will mean better football here in the LBC. Yeah. I'm more excited for this upcoming football season than I've been for football in, in quite some time. We have coach stability, we have at the moment, at least every single coach is still there that I literally don't think that has, has that ever happened, Jage, in the 14 years we've been covering sports in Long Beach? Maybe like one of the first years. Yeah. When like Scotty Meyer was at Jordan, uh, you know, Calvin Bryant was at, uh, at, at Compton, Thad McNeil was at Lakewood. Raul but I think Carrillo changed coaches from 08 to 09. Didn't they hire AJ Luke in 09? You might be right. That might've been so the AJ it, Luke year. But, but in any event, it has been at least that long. I mean, it's been at least 12, 13 years. So, and I think that it's just a sign of healthier programs, guys that are committed for the long term. And, you know, I think school districts can kind of overthink this stuff sometimes, as we've talked about with the more league transfer rule. But the number one thing that parents want to see when they're taking a kid into a football program is stability. Is the guy I'm talking to today going to be the guy who's at high school graduation, right? Is this someone that I can trust to hand my son off to for four years? I think that that's huge. We move on from the football to maybe more football. Mike, your next one is the draft, which I think is kind of like a, not just beyond football a little bit. We are working into a new generation of LB and MLB, LB and the NFL. Like we've got a new generation of guys coming in that we write about in those articles about professional players who have ties to the city. Yeah, and we're, we're hopefully going to see some cool stuff in the playoffs for um, Long Beach NFL guys this year. Joel Batonio, uh, Wilson alum with the Browns, was just named to his fourth Pro Bowl, um, which puts him behind only Jarrell Casey, the recently retired Poly alum, who has five um, in terms of Pro Bowl appearances anywhere. And JJ's right, we're, we're loading up to fire a new generation um, into the pros here, and this NFL draft in particular, um, but we could have NBA draft action, MLB draft action as always, NFL draft in particular, you've got Polly alum and Matt Corral. Um, you have got uh, Jack Jones has just been invited to the combine. Um, and you have kind of a lot of guys coming out um, who I think are going to have a really good shot at making the league. I'm very excited about it. Jermaine Lolay was projected to be a top guy in this draft. And after an injury, he's decided he's going back to college for a year. Um, so we'll wait a year for him. But, I, you know, we're looking at adding another three or four guys in, um, which is always a, a special thing to get to do. We know how much that changes uh, lives. So looking forward to that in the spring for sure. Well, and speaking of the spring, I mean, the, the thing that kind of closes out the athletic year always is our trip up to Fresno um, for the CIF uh, state track meet. Guys, let's bring back some hardware. We did not get an opportunity to uh, compete in the state championships last year. Um, but obviously we talked about it. it was our top moment 
of last year was track. So why wouldn't we be excited about track once again? Um, you know, Polly and Wilson nearly going one, two in division one in both boys and girls St. Anthony also with their, their um, silver plaque that they won in, in their division before. Um, but we're, I mean, it's a little early to project, but it looks like we could have a very productive year, uh, especially Polly and Wilson um, look to be loaded up to, to compete in both the boys and the girls. Let's see if they can take it to the state level. Uh, but Long Beach always shows out, you know, anytime we roll up um, to veteran stadium, uh, oddly named, uh, we make it feel like home and uh, you know, Long Beach always shows out and, and, and does well. And there's no reason to assume that it won't be another special year like that. The, the hotel room's already booked. So we're, we're ready to go. We're, we're excited to get up there into Fresno Clovis area, eat some tri-tip and cover some track and field. And let's hope Long Beach brings back some titles. Oddly named Tyler. I feel like it's perfectly named. There's yeah, a, it's, just, it's just an odd coincidence. You know there's I mean? a long list of things we're looking forward to in the spring. And for me, I think the top of the list is the Long Beach State Dirtbags, who just today were announced, uh, picked as the number 24 team in the nation in the, uh, in the perfect game preseason poll. There is a bunch of preseason polls for college baseball, let's be honest. But in one of them, and a pretty big one at that. The Dirtbags are in the top 25 at number 24. They just had an incredible finish to the season last year. They've got a superstar in Devereaux Henderson, who was the Big West Freshman Pitcher of the Year last year. And rumor is he might also be in the lineup at some points this year. So that's pretty cool. And I just just love what um, Eric Valenzuela is doing over there with that program, uh, really connecting them to the community and bringing back that joy at Bull Diamond at Blair Field, which just got a much needed facelift with brand new lights all around. Shout out to Marilyn Bull and everybody else who dedicated time, effort, and a lot of money to make sure that happened. So the whole thing is going to look a little bit different, but a lot of the same, which has been success under EV. And I'm really excited to see what they look like when they get back on the field, because it's going to be a lot of new faces. It's going to be a lot of new faces, but the faces that are returning like Henderson are real deal guys who like Mike mentioned, We'll be in the MLB draft, I think. To quote uh, Walter Sopchek in uh, The Big Lebowski, this affects all of us. And uh, having those brand new lights at Blair, really looking forward to that, right? For Not just for Dirtbags games, but also the more league baseball games uh, and our coverage. You know, I'm sure our photographers are dancing a little jig knowing they're going to have uh, brand new lighting out there at Bull Diamond so that they're going to get some some great shots. And uh, Devereaux Harrison in the lineup, JJ, that's a huge development right there that's, could, could uh, be. I'm excited to see that could be if you've got an extra bat on the bench right why like why not use it you know what I mean like if he if he pitched two two days prior and it's Sunday and you need an extra bat and he's there like that just makes your lineup way better also yeah my camera doing backflips uh, when it heard that Blair Field was going to get better lights. <laughs> Anytime the ball went into the outfit, I was just like, 50-50, I get this shot. I don't know. Right. <laughs> tell, 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 that, tell that camera to be careful. we got hopefully some sporting events coming back on the schedule here in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm just going to throw in as an aside, uh, JJ mentioned the dirtbags, but uh, high school baseball, more league baseball this year has a chance to have the spring that more league football season did in the fall. Um, some very, very good teams when you're looking around, particularly – uh, Polly obviously is the defending league champ, but I'm really looking at Milliken. I'm really looking at uh, Wilson as teams with absolutely packed lineups this year. Very excited for what this season is going to hold for high school baseball. Mike, just throwing in an extra one. Your third one is actually also a Long Beach State story, though, right? 
Yes, I definitely wanted to mention uh, Long Beach State men's volleyball. Um, I think a lot of these spring sports have been in a weird spot because of COVID because they lost their season two years ago. And then last year it was, it was just a weird season. The Long Beach State men's volleyball team usually plays 25, 30 matches. They played 12, all of the big West or 15 or something. All the big West matches were back-to-back nights. Um, It was just a very different kind of an environment. And so the Long Beach State men's volleyball team won the last two national championships before COVID And in the two years intervening, they have had the top recruiting class in the country twice the last two years. (laughs) So they are loaded. They have literally zero seniors on the roster this year. Um, And man, they've got two All-Americans back. And those are not even the two dudes that are sort of at the top of the list for me. They've got the freshman of the year uh, coming back in Clark Godbold. And I think that's a team that just has a chance to, let me put it like this. They're starting the season number four in the country. And I think the overwhelming response from the Long Beach State volleyball community was like, wow, that's really disrespectful. (laughs) So it's looking like potentially a very special year with the final four at UCLA again. So local fans will be able to actually plan on going and seeing if that team is able to make history Um, and uh, very, very excited to see them. JJ mentioned with the, uh, the COVID closures. Um, they are down. Uh, they're not going to be able to play their first scheduled match of the season on Wednesday. They'll open up on Saturday next week against Harvard instead in the Walter Pierce. Well, and, and reason to be very excited about that men's volleyball team for years to come, as you mentioned, Mike, the fact that they're so talented and they're so young uh, and also going to be hosting a final four as well coming up. I, I, what's the, do you have that off, off the top of your head? I was trying to like grab it real quick, but I know that Walter Pyramid's going to host the final four again. Uh, and it's once again a well-timed moment to be hosting the Final Four, yes. Yeah, I want to say that it, it is uh, not next year, but the year after, but I can look that up in the span of the next uh, 30 seconds or so. <laughs> well, I'll go, I'll, I'll go ahead with my, with my third one. Uh, it's 2024. It the- it's 2024. It's in UCLA this year, and then it's at George Mason in 2023. And then in 2024, the year that that first top recruiting class in the country will be seniors, and the second one will be juniors. It will be at Long Beach State in the spring of 2024. I mean, yeah, get, get your tickets early. I don't think they're accepting deposits, but try to be first in line. <laughs> um, mine, like I said, I'll take it to the Little Diamond. I'm excited to see what Tiara Jennings does um, on the softball field at the college level this year. She was the national freshman of the year while helping Oklahoma win a national championship. And uh, the, the former St. Anthony Saint, I mean, just an absolute baller, a total joy to watch out on the field. Excited to see her development. Will she win National Player of the Year? She almost won it as a freshman. Uh, definitely had a case to be made to win that. So excited to see what she can do and also see what Long Beach State can do. You know, that was one of our top moments, them sweeping Fullerton to get into the tournament. So excited to see Kim Souter's program kind of continue the momentum that they've got over there. So looking forward to college softball and uh tiare what what more can you do do something crazy you know what i mean the sky is the absolute limit for her and so i'm just excited to see what's next well that folds into my last one and the last one for us is local high school softball uh over the last five years the top four teams i would say in the local area lakewood wilson millican and saint anthony like tyler just mentioned they've all had their moment 
St. Anthony, a CIF championship. Lakewood, obviously their run of more league titles. Wilson knocking off Lakewood to win their first more league title uh, in a long time. And then Milliken most recently, just this last year, knocking off Lakewood to win their first more league title in a long time. But now Milliken is without a, a coach that had brought them back to that level. So Milliken's looking for a new coach. Wilson's looking for a new crop of players who are going to hopefully bring them back to where they were a couple years ago. Lake was still on top, but St. Anthony right there too. So this power shift in local softball that kind of moves behind the scenes, you don't call it recruiting, but it is definitely a, a thing that girls are choosing which school they want to go to. Polly also has a great crop of freshmen who are coming back for their sophomore year this year. So which schools these kids choose to go, go to definitely changes more league softball and local softball entirely so i'm really curious to see who the young guns are this year who are the young good softball players choosing to go to when everything is kind of up in the air right now do you go to the classic powerhouse in lakewood do you go to the up-and-coming group at saint anthony do you go to the we could have a magical season to win a title at millican and wilson i don't know it's going to be great to see and as always one of the most underrated sports here in long beach softball man it is always just so exciting every year yeah, I was going to say, I mean, is that the most balanced, like deepest kind of sport where you have really, you know, kind of top programs and, and a good options? If you're the quote unquote recruit, like you're saying, JJ, having that many options of like programs that have had success or have current talent on the roster. I mean, it's it, it seems like there's just a lot of good landing spots if you're a softball player. I'd, I'd give it for the girls. I'd say it would be boys soccer if we're doing boys and girls, but for, for girls, I think softball for sure. Yeah. It's just been so and, good. And, those and games, those games have just been so good recently, man. Well, and some upsets too, right? Like Polly beating Lakewood did not, we did not necessarily see that coming. No. And, you know, you mentioned the Jackrabbits are young and talented and in the right division, we could have teams making some runs. Um, it's been tough in D1 in softball. There's definitely some loaded, uh, loaded squads out there in the Southern section, but you know, if, if things line up well, we could have a, similar to what we had with Millican baseball making the run in the right division and, uh, and controlling their controlling their postseason destiny in a different way than they did during league play. And we, we have some of those sort of on the books right now for winter, like the um, Millican girls water polo teams, number one in division four uh, or division three, no division four, um, very good chance to win that division. Uh, absolutely. If you look at, so the spring divisions will be out, you know, they released those under the competitive equity format a couple months before the season. So I believe those are going to be coming out in the next week or two. Um, and I think if you look at softball and baseball, we have a chance for some very good news uh, on how that all is going to play out. So very excited to see those for sure. Very excited for 2022 with our fingers crossed on both hands, all the toes and all the things uh, be out there, but stay safe, everybody. Please do your part in making sure that we can get out of this thing and once again, return to normal. Thanks as always to all of our sponsors who help bring this website to you. Naples Rib Company, Ocean Law Center. Obviously, shout out to Long Beach Post, where you can find all of your updated information from the school district, for Mike and for Tyler and for JJ and for everybody else who helps make it happen at the562.org. We love you, Long Beach. We'll see you very soon.